Coming up, our perfectly accurate 53-man roster projection as Vikings training camp kicks off today, and it's coming up next on today's episode of the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Back in the lab, another edition, Football Party, Locked On Sports, Minnesota Network, your daily breakdown, everything Minnesota Vikings. That's Sam Ekstrom. He's on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Co-host of the Ron Johnson Show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Big day today, Sam. I know you got Ron Johnson right after this, bang, bang. And then you're off in the Lamborghini to the Mm -hmm. friendly confines of TCO in Egan because it's day one of Vikings training camp. How you feeling? Feel good. Uh, You know, there's always some jitters because you know that the season is starting. Now there's no let up. Now it's, you know, pedal to the metal for the next five months, Uh, you know, or five months from Christmas, which uh, usually that's kind of like the end of the season. So we got a long stretch ahead of football, but uh, there's always a good anticipation with it as well. You and I spent a healthy amount of years meeting at the SA in Lakeville, right off 35W, next to the movie theater, at the crack of dawn. I'd hop in your whip, the silver bullet back in the day. Mm-hmm. You'd come walking back from inside with a chocolate-covered glazed donut, and either, pending on the day and the temperature, is either a milk or a juice of some kind, and off we went, our drive from there down to Mankato. We'd catch that last part of the morning show, and then as we were getting into Mankato, we'd catch like the first 10, 15 minutes of PA, walkthroughs at 10.30 for about 90 minutes or so, then we'd go to the press conferences, then back to the media room to start working on our stories for zone coverage, quick bite at Matt Khalil's pizza place for lunch. (laughs) Then the meat and potatoes, what you wait for all day, afternoon practice in the pads, usually about 2.30 to 5, taking notes, posting clips on Twitter. Then after all that, it was really our time to shine. The media scrums, we'd get our interviews or sound bites for about an hour, I'd say. Then we'd go back, write our articles, get them posted, and then drive all the way back home, get home 8, 8.30, Wake up at 5 a.m., do it all over again. It's an absolute grind, man. But we were young, we were hungry, and I don't know about you, I loved every second of it. Yeah, I don't know how we did it in the Mankato days. I will say, as convenient as Egan is from a travel standpoint and how nice the facility is for the team and for the fans as well, I miss Mankato. I miss the, the collegiate vibe, the energy that the fans brought the options for going out to eat. You got nothing. You got nothing at the uh, the two hundred acre uh, plot of land. Except, I guess the the new Omni Hotel has a good new spot. But no, there's not there's not a lot to go do at the Egan version. So I miss Mankato, man. Those were good days. Before we start our fifty three man projection, you got one memory. Give me one memory or something you remember that just sticks out from Vikings camp in Mankato from those early Mike Zimmer years that you can share top of your head. 
Oh, boy. Uh, well, we were reminiscing about uh, Laquan Treadwell getting in a fight and hurting mm-hmm. his hand. That was, you know, that was obviously a memorable one. I remember, like, distinctly thinking this Adam Thielen guy is pretty good. I remember thinking this Stefan Diggs guy is pretty good. And they, those were both Mr. Mankato's, right, in, in years past. They showed it for the first time in camp. Um, man, I wasn't around for the Brock Lesnar fight. That was before my time, unfortunately. Didn't have any good joint practices. Um, the night practices, man, were always great. I mean, the 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 way that they filled Blakesley, both sides of the bleachers, um, and really scrimmage. Like this, it's not now. It's just a, like a practice, right? It's a practice in front of the fans. It used to be more of a game, more of a scrimmage. Um, and I miss those days when there was just a little more competitiveness, physicality. I know it's better for the players now, but um, it was probably a little more entertaining back in the day. Tell me if you remember this. They got done with practice one day. Mm-hmm. Teddy and Xavier Rhodes switched jerseys before they got over to the media scrum, yeah. and they were signing some autographs. And I'm like eight feet away of just cracking up, right? Just dying. And I'm not kidding you. About 70% of the people getting autographs had no idea. They were not who their jersey said they were. And, of course, the quarterbacks wear that bright red jersey, so everybody sees Rhodes in this number eight red jersey. They think, oh, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy's sitting over there with the white Rhodes 29 jersey, biggest smile in the world the whole time do you remember that oh yeah no the the tricks they tried to play on on media now remember it was a different time it was wild west media came from all parts of the state from all sorts of outlets and a lot of people um were there maybe for the first time ever as a journalist and didn't really know the protocols the etiquette um so the press conferences were lively there were there was some Funny moments, some questions that baffled the head coach, but um, that was all part of the charm, I think, of the old training camp days. It's much more corporate, much more sterile now, I would say, a little more straightforward. Um, Man, Mankato was awesome. Back when Mike Zimmer first heard about PFF and really, you think he threw him under the bus towards the end, those last few years? He really threw that thing under the bus the first few times that got brought up. Uh, You got it easy now, 20-minute drive to TCO, the house that the Wills built. Again, we'll have all the training camp coverage all month long right here, Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel, each and every day up on the Minnesota Football Party. Go check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Make sure you're up to date and get all the latest breaking news there. All right, 53-man projections coming up next. But first, quick reminder, don't forget, this episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Sam, premise here, obviously day one of training camp, but Kevin Seifert over at ESPN, he came out with his 53-man Vikings roster predictions yesterday. So how do you want to do this? I can read off his position by position. We can both give our quick reaction, what we think's right, what we think's wrong. Basically, do you want to hear Seifert's picks before or after we give our predictions? How do you want to yeah, do that? Um- so I've seen the Seifert projections, so okay, I have. know him, I know him in my in my head. So why don't we read Seifert? Yeah. Um, and then we'll agree or disagree. And I think Seifert did a great job with this. I love Seifert's work. Um, so I don't know if I'll have too many, but yeah, let's go let's go down the list with Seifert and then we'll we'll pick him apart. Let's okay. Just, just so let's him. let's start at the top of the quarterback before we start. We got to throw a little friendly wager on this. See who gets more right. Just in honor of Ooh. our long drives down to Mankato. 
And Love of course, it. our sponsor, FanDuel, fanduel.com slash locked on. I'll read these back on cut down day once they finalize the 53 that Tuesday when I'm hosting and we'll announce the mm-hmm. winner. And I say the loser has to buy the other a chocolate glazed donut and a beverage of their choice. Milk. Juice, Look at you bringing it full circle to, to the open. That's great. I love yeah, it. I'm, I'm reminiscing. You in? Let's start at the top quarterback. So right out the gate, I got an issue because when you're doing these projections, the first thing I like to do is see how many players they kept at that position last year, right? They only mm-hmm. kept two quarterbacks last year, Sam. In 2022, Kirk and Nick Mullins. They cut Sean Mannion. They cut Kellen Mond. I don't think they're going to try to get cute and maybe wave Jaron Hall, try to get him over to the practice squad. So I think everybody's in agreement, Kevin Seifert included. We're keeping three. I mean, right out the gate, though, you're down one player at one other position as opposed to how they uh, finalized the 53-man roster last year. Would you agree? I agree with you. I agree with Seifert. Um, You know, it it takes a lot to be a rookie quarterback in this league, especially when you're a fifth-round pick. They, they're going to need Nick Mullins and someone to support Cousins too. Cousins seems to kind of need that that kind of guy in his corner who can help him out um, with his own league experience. We saw this with Sean Mannion for many years. So yeah, the, the three of them. You want me to keep track of this? You want me to, to type I it up? I would love if you could write this stuff down. You know I can't multitask. Let's jump to running back because Seifert, he called this one, and I agree, probably the most straightforward position at running back, outside of quarterback, at least for my money. You got Madison, the lead dog, obviously. I think you're going to see Ty Chandler a lot. We've talked about this a lot for the last three, four months. As more of the number two guy, Kenne being your kickoff guy, and then you let Dwayne McBride learn the offense early on. Plus, you toss in C.J. Ham, who, when you're out there, Sam, today, just get a good look at C.J. Ham. Absolute ball of muscle. 5'11", so our height, 250 pounds of pure chicken, steak, and whey protein shakes. I mean, just an absolute muscle hamster. So that's five running backs, though. And they kept five last year. Pretty much straightforward. Anything you'd change or disagree with? No, uh, I'm not going to rock the boat here. But I will point out that for as injury-prone a position as running back is, there certainly is no guarantee that all five get out of training camp 100%. I mean, you could easily have an injury along the way. And what's curious, Luke, is that the Vikings have no one else besides that. There's almost always always kind of a throwaway running back just to add a little bit of depth on the roster. They don't have that this year at all. So um, if they do lose one, then I th- they may not replace them. They may just go down to four. So keep that in the back of your mind. They may save a roster spot if somebody gets hurt by just not having any depth there. But I, as it is now, all five of them are making it. Wideouts, they kept five last year. Typically, the standard throughout the entire league, depending on what offense you run, I've seen up to seven before. I've seen the Chargers keep four one year under North Turner back in the day. So you never know. But you look at this group of guys, and I think five is about right once again. J.J., Addison, K.J., Jalen Naylor. And then it basically comes down to, all right, Jalen Rager, Brandon Powell, or a wild card like Tristan Jackson. Kevin Seifert, he has five as well. His wild card, it's not Jalen Rager, actually, but it is Brandon Powell, probably for his punt return duties. What say you at the wide receiver position? Yeah, I am with him on Powell over Rager. I think that that's going to happen. I I think I'm going to go six, though. There are just too many receiving options for them to not find one 
that they want to keep around, maybe in a special teams role. I know Thayer Thomas is very seasoned after his five years at NC State. Talked about him yesterday as maybe a Mr. Mankato sleeper. Liked what I saw from him in minicamp. I'm going to toss in Thayer Thomas as a surprise rosteree because um, they've got just – this is one of the deepest – and I'm, I'm not saying deep in the sense that they're all good, but one of the most abundant wide receiver groups I've seen in a training camp. They must have about 12 on the roster. A lot of bodies there. I'm going to say they keep six. By the way, quick five-second salute to our guy, Malik Knowles, UDFA gem. We both thought was going into Canton someday. He was waived yesterday, Sam. To make room oh. for a new offensive lineman, we'll get to that in a second. I'm with you. I just keep replaying that quarterback doc on Netflix with Kirk Cousins when they showed Jalen Rager in that indie game not being in the right place, and Kirk throws that pick six. Not to mention, just never really found his footing and any momentum at all to build off of last year. And I don't know, man. I think he might be toast. Unless he really wows this month at camp and in preseason. Give me five. I'm going with Brandon Powell as well, known Jalen Rager. I think you're right, though. This group of wide receivers is extremely intriguing. There's all different sorts of shapes and sizes. Garrett Mogg, you had on the show, six foot four. He's the big bodied monster, more of an alpha guy. Uh, but any one of those guys, if they impress enough consistently day after day, could make things really tough on Quasi and KOC and maybe have to end up keeping six. You're right. So you're going with six. I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. which position you're going to end up trimming from. Let's go to tight ends. Last year, they kept three Irv Smith, Johnny Munt, Ben Elfson. I think three is right again, unless. Unless they really, truly are going to use that many more two tight end sets and run the ball that much more this year. That would be a tall tale sign if they kept four tight ends, in my opinion. We used to see that with Mike Zimmer, by the way, every year. He always kept four, and it was more the norm running the ball down defense's throats constantly week in and week out with Adrian Peterson, then Dalvin Cook for all those years. But this year, you got Hawkinson. Josh Oliver, and I think they keep Johnny Munt again. After what he did last year, KOC knows that dude can play 15, 20 snaps a game if needed. He almost has to keep Johnny Munt, in my opinion, just as a precautionary safety measure. So I'll go with three again and go the big three. No surprises here. No Nick Muse, anything like that. What say you at tight end? Um, so this is more of a strategic decision just to be a little more different from you. Um, and I think you, your three are the favored three. Certainly, Johnny Munt has the Rams connection um, going back with KOC, but they also drafted Nick Muse. He's their guy. And I think that if you want to have a, a tight end three uh, that is kind of raw, like Nick Muse, I think that's fine. Like you would never have him as your tight end two, but as a tight end three, somebody cheap, somebody young. I like Nick Muse. So um, I am going to go Nick Muse as my tight end three. I think I'm about. likely to be wrong, but I just want to be a little different, so I'm going to do that. I like it going against the grain a little bit. Nothing against Nick Muse. I'm just going to try to sneak him on that practice squad. Offensive line, big news yesterday. I'm not sure how much you caught of this yesterday, Sam. Chris Reed, let's start there. He was put on the NFI list, so he's out for now. Then they waved Malik Knowles, as mentioned, filled those two spots with former Rams tackle Bobby Evans. Remember him in KOC, won the Super Bowl versus the Bengals two years ago. And San Jose guard Jack Snyder. So they bring in some bodies here, some depth, some competition. Last year they kept 10, but this is where I think they get a roster spot back from the extra quarterback they kept going from two to three. And here's my starting nine, my final nine, I should say. The starting five, Darasaw, Ezra, Bradbury, Ed Ingram, 
Brian O'Neill, who I guess they could put him on the pup, but they haven't already. So at this point, maybe they're expecting to get him back. Any word on Brian O'Neill and what they plan on doing with him? So if O'Neill was not part of yesterday's roster moves, and I, I believe that would have been a time to put him on the active pup, Mm-hmm. The, it makes me think he's going to be okay, but again, yeah. I I don't I don't know for sure. That just see it seemed like a big roster dump day. Like if or if uh, if Chris Reed was included on that transaction, you'd think that they would have also included Brian O'Neill. Uh, but we'll find out. Maybe they're just maybe they'll you know ease him in. Maybe they'll hold him out for a few practices and just kind of have him uh, being limited, stretching, running around, not doing full contact drills. I could see them easing him in, but. No move. Uh, that could bode well for Brian O'Neill. O'Neill, I don't think they start him out hot and heavy by any means. I think, again, going through the depth, my final four guys, backups, I got Blake Brandle, stud, friend of the show, Austin mm-hmm. Schlopman, Ole Udo and Vidarian Lowe, I fully expect to continue to get all those right tackle reps as they continue to bring O'Neill along pretty slowly. But that's my nine, and this one was really tough. Because Evans, who they just signed, he played every snap at right tackle his rookie year, coming out of Oklahoma in 2019, third-round pick. So massive insurance for O'Neal if he can't go week one. He isn't necessarily great as far as PFF scores and things like that. There's a reason, right? He was on the free agency pool. But it's an option for sure. I think this offensive line group got very muddled yesterday. End of the day, though, I think they like Oliudo or Vidarian Lowe at right tackle to back up O'Neal instead. So I'm going with nine as opposed to what they did last year, keeping 10. Yeah, and you're being kind to Bobby Evans by saying that his PFF grades weren't the best. I mean, I didn't want to say it, Sam. Somebody's yeah, got to say it, but I didn't we're talking bottom of the league kind of stuff. The 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 314 reps last year at left tackle and left guard were some of the worst um, in the NFL, and it wasn't great his rookie year either. So yeah, I don't know if Evans is the savior that's going to come in here. Maybe he knows the system, maybe, and that's about as much as you can say. Um, I also am going to save a spot here because, again, I I kept the extra wide receivers. So uh, of the 10 that Seaford had, which was, again, the starting five plus Brandel, Lowe, Schlotman, Udo, and Reed, um, I think that I'm going to cut Reed um, with one year left on his deal. Um, I think that they're going to get some interior flexibility with Blake Brandel. They've been cross-training him. They've got interior flexibility with Udo and then Schlotman, obviously. So I think they've got enough interior that Reed will not make the roster. And he's already behind the eight ball with that injury. I think he's still several weeks out. So again, uh, between the injury and you know the expiring contract, I think they're going to favor just those nine. So you're at 26. I'm at 25. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, you are correct because uh, you only kept five five wide receivers. So, yep, with twenty, I've got twenty four for defense. You've got the full twenty five. Sounds good. And Seifert's got twenty six as well, just like you. We'll jump to the defensive side of the ball coming up next. But first, quick reminder: don't forget we're presented by Fanduel, official sports betting partner of Locked On, America's number one sports book, and official sports book partner of the MLB. Don't look now, Sam. Twins have won back-to-back walk-off winners versus the White Sox and the Mariners last night. They've won four in a row, and they're 8-2 and in their last 10. In Rocco, we trust, Sam. I've been saying it all year, pounding the table. Game two versus the Mariners tonight. Pablo Lopez on the mound. Current line, Twins minus 120. Over-under, currently sitting at eight. Get in on all the action at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And remember, 
If you're a new customer, get 10 times your first wager and bonus bets back up to $200 for free. Just download the easy-to-use FanDuel app and get your winnings instantly. Money lines, parlays, prop bets. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire MLB season. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel with $200 in free bonus bets back today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Sam, over to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, let's start in the trenches. Last year, they kept six. Hand in the dirt, defensive linemen only. So this does not include pass rushers or outside linebackers. I've got Phillips, Tonga, Laurie, your big three, your starters. And then I've got three backups. I'm going with six. Asezi, Jaquelin Roy, the rookie from LSU, and Ross Blacklock. Loaded group of players here, though, Sam, at this position. Feels like any one of them could stay or go. But that means I got guys like Jonathan Bullard and James Lynch getting cut. That's my sixth, though. Kevin Seifert kept five. No Ross Blacklock. Same other five. What are you thinking here at this defensive line group that seems to be pretty muddled top to bottom? Man, I've, I've kind of put myself behind the eight ball here because I, I almost have to go five kind of in lockstep with Seifert because I do have to save a spot and I don't know where else I'm going to save it except maybe pass rusher. But um, if I go with the five and I like Seifert's five, Phillips, Lowry, Tonga, Roy, and Otomewo, that means that I'm I'm losing James Lynch. I'm okay with that. I'm losing Bullard. It's a starter from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ross Blacklock, which means that I'm cutting both the guys Quazy traded for last year in Rager and Blacklock. But again, I, I, I got to stick by that. I don't think Blacklock is tremendously part of this team's plans. Um, I think they'd rather keep, you know, a guy they drafted in Otomewo, a guy they drafted, obviously, in Roy. Tonga has worked his way into this rotation 100%. Um, so I, I got to do it. I got to go with those five. And Luke, it's really not a, a true... 53-man roster anymore because that practice squad is bigger. There's Mm -hmm. more flexibility to move guys up and down. So you can always have some extras on that practice squad to elevate and then send back. So I think they'll go five active roster, and then they'll probably play around with another player or two on that practice squad. So I'm going to stick with Seifert's five. Yeah, you mentioned the practice squad, very fluid situation. Plus, you got the pup situation as well. Talking about outside linebackers now. First things first, Andre Carter from Army signed the biggest UDFA contract in NFL history. He was placed on the pup list with a non-disclosed injury yesterday. But man, just taking a step back and looking at this group as a whole, this group could look a lot different than it did last year, Sam, if they don't get Daniil Hunter back in the mix and out on the field. But alas... I think they get a deal done. We talked about it on yesterday's show with the Hassan and Luke Brown. Go check that out. I think it's my gut. They get a deal done kind of like they used to do with the Rick Spielman era about four or five, six days into training camp. Last year, they kept five. I think they keep four just based simply off. I don't think there's five guys worth keeping a roster spot for if you don't get Carter to pick from now that he's on the pup list. So how does that work with the pup and Andre Carter? He could come back in, what, three weeks technically? So maybe I should. I'm supposed to put him on my final 53 if I think he's going to make the team. Or how are we playing that pup list situation? Yep. So uh, I don't think the pup has any impact on Carter's availability. I think he can be pulled off of that anytime. He's on the active pup, so he won't be practicing right away, but he should be able to come off that anytime before the season. So I would not be concerned 
about that unless this was um you know a, a non-football injury in because I don't remember him getting hurt in practice in minicamp. So I I we don't know the full nature of that. Maybe we'll find out more today, but my gut tells me that he'll be good to go before the season. Might miss some practice time though and that could impact his readiness to uh, participate on the field. Kevin Seifert's got him keeping five with Andre Carter. I got the exact same. Daniil Hunter, Marcus Davenport, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, and Andre Carter from Army. What say you at the uh, edge position here, Sam? What's your forecast looking like? Yeah. Okay. So you've got, you're keeping Wanham, Jones, and Carter. Mm -hmm. I am going to keep five, but I'm going to drop Wanham in exchange for Luigi Villain. Luigi Villain, who was a prized UDFA last year, who they kept around, Luke. You don't have to keep those guys around, but the Vikings basically redshirted Villain last year and said, we're not going to play you really, but we're going to roster you because we like you. So I think they, that there's something there. I think that Wanham has kind of outstayed his welcome after three years of not doing too much. Um, I'm going to go with Villain in his place and obviously keep Carter as well. I like it. Inside linebacker we go. They kept four last year. Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, Asamoah, Troy Dye. This year, I think they go Jordan Hicks, Brian Asamoah. Troy Reader, I think, is going to be that third linebacker. Quinquu, and then my guy Ivan Pace Jr. So maybe it seems like a little overkill, but yeah, that's five for me. I think a couple of these extra roster spots end up going to Brian Flores just so he's got a little bit more to play with, a little bit more versatility in that defensive playbook. Hicks, Asamoah, Troy Reader, Quinquu, and Ivan Pace. So that's five for me. Seifert does not have them keep an Ivan Pace, by the way, which is uh, it's a little surprising for me, Sam. What about you? I don't know how you're going to survive, Luke, if not only do they waive Malik Knowles, but also Ivan Pace. Can you imagine the fallout, how your brand would suffer? I'll be hanging by a thread, Sam. I don't know how much PTO I got saved in the bank. I don't know, man. You're going to need a vacation if that happens. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm in your corner. I'm going Ivan Pace, and I'm going to go Pace in place of uh, Huenku. So that would be Hicks, Asamoah, Reader. I think I'm just going four and you had five. You had, you did keep Wanku and pace. So you have one more than me. Yeah. I'll be so bummed if Ivan pace doesn't make that final 53. Not that they couldn't maybe sneak him on the practice squad, but man, don't risk it. Duke and ball. All right. Cornerbacks. We go check out how different this group is going to look, Sam. Last year, they kept six Patrick Peterson, Cam Dansler, Chandon Sullivan, all gone. Starting three, bang, bang, bang booth Evans, and Chris Boyd, special team standout, he's also cut as well. What do you think in here for cornerback? This could get tricky. This position is also a little muddled. Okay. Um, so on defense, I've got nine so far. And I've got no, oh, now I'm confused. Oh, D line. Okay. Sorry. So D line, I had five. Outside linebacker, I had five. That's ten. And then I had four. So I have fourteen. So I've got 10 spots for my secondary. Um, I Yeah, again, I look at, so working backwards, safety to me seems locked in. Like, I don't think you can touch the five at safety, which means I've only got five cornerbacks. And if I've got five cornerbacks, I think I have to go with the obvious five. Like, I don't, I don't have enough confidence in anyone to knock Jawan Williams out of there to say that, oh, well, Jalen Williams, let me tell you about this guy. CJ Colden, 
Kalan Barn. No, I, I, I can't take the veteran out of there. So I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go Murphy, Booth, Evans, Blackman, Williams as the five. Murphy, Booth, Evans, Blackman, Williams. No Jay Ward? He's a safety. Okay, well, okay. Technically, yeah. Some people got him at nickel. Some people got him at safety. Yeah, kind of a hybrid. Um, I put him there. in my cornerback group. So technically, maybe I'll have one more. So you're going to have five safeties and I'll have four safeties. But same yep. thinking, same logic. Murphy, Blackman, Booth, Evans, Jay Ward. Did you have Juwan Williams? I, I did keep Williams. That's my fifth. Okay, got it. Sounds good. And then safety. Yeah, safety arguably here as we kind of wrap up here and then we'll just real quick fly through the uh, special teams. But safety arguably seems like their most loaded, strongest, deepest position on the roster. Does it not? Out of all the position groups, maybe you could argue running back. I mean, if you had to pick one, which way would you lean there? Yeah, I think safety because not only do you have depth, like your fourth safety is a first round pick, but you also have a high-end number one. Like at running back, they have depth, but not a high-end number one. Safety, they have the the high-end talent and also the the middle depth there. So I, I think safety is their best position, yeah. All four of those guys could start on any given week. And you could see a lot of three safety looks and sub packages from Brian Flores this year as well. So I had 16 guys going into the secondary, kept four safeties, kept five corners. That brings me to nine. 16, 25, 25 on offense, 25 on defense. I'll go chalk on special teams. Greg the leg, Ryan Wright the punter, Andrew DePaula, arguably maybe the top long snapper in the game today. That's my final 53 man roster projection, Sam. All right. Just and then bookkeeping to clean it up. So you had six D line, you had five outside linebackers, that's 11. You had five inside linebackers, that's 16. And then you had five corners, five six, corners, six including Ward, depending. Five corners, including Ward, four safeties. Got it. Okay, so you didn't keep Williams. You kept Ward. Not instead. no, Joan Williams. I did not keep. Tough one. Looking back, maybe a guy like Ross Blacklock or Joan Williams, especially knowing Brian Flores' his versatility, what he's going to want to do in that safety dime package looks. You're going to need six DBs out there. I just think at the end of the day, Sam. First of all, we know they want to get younger, so that's going to be a lot of Evans, a lot of Blackman, a lot of Booth at cornerback. But also, I think by the time we get to the preseason and week one of the regular season, I think they're going to fool around and experiment a lot with some of these safeties at cornerback as well, giving them a lot of versatility and maybe not as much pressure to keep that sixth cornerback like Joe Williams, even though having a veteran presence, boy, it would be awfully nice. But Cam Bynum, he played corner at Cal. Lewis seen maybe a little bit more down in the box. Josh Metellus, we've seen all over the field. And Harrison Smith, you know, can play in the box or center field as well. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up? What are you most excited about or can't wait to see or do on your first day mm -hmm. out at TCO at training camp to kick off this 2023 season, Sam? Yep. Going to see what the PR staff put in the fridge, see what kind of snacks they have out. That's number one, What are you obviously. hoping for? What's your go-to? A little pack of Oreos? Are you more uh, sweets like Skittles? Yeah. Um, peanut butter, those peanut butter filled pretzels are always a hit. Mm. Um, I hope that they've got some, maybe some goldfish, uh, some like soft uh, granola bars instead of the, the crumbly, crunchy ones. You know, Nature's Valley can go either way. So uh, that's a big, that's a big issue for me. But uh, in seriousness, I, this defense, like how much harder 
Luke, was the defense to put together than the offense. Like the offense, oh. you, there's really only a couple position battles, like the 10th lineman and the sixth wide receiver. At On defense, we're kind of laboring over all of these. So I think that's going to be way more fascinating from a position battle standpoint. Love it. Great stuff per usual. That's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode of The Football Party. It's your one-stop shop breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings. He's Sam Ekstrom. Check him out on Twitter for all the training camp updates all month long at Sam Ekstrom. And you can check him out on the Ron Johnson Show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in today to the football party. We appreciate part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. We're back tomorrow again with Reggie Wilson, Carol Evans' very own, on the mailbag edition. But until then, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Signing out.